Baptist Church announcements. The spiritual discipline for the month of November is thankfulness. Calendars can be picked up at the entrance of the church. If you need assistance with Christmas gifts for your school-aged children, today is the last day to submit your angel tree form to Associate Pastor or Sister Stevens. Donations are being accepted. Shoppers are needed. Pastor Pickett and the wonderful congregation of Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, thank you. We want to express our heartfelt thanks for your generous donations towards our water well project. Your support is helping us bring clean and safe drinking water to communities in need. We could not do this alone. Together, we are providing a tangible need and planting seeds of hope and transformation. Praying we make an impact for eternity. May the Lord bless you from all of us at One More Child. Yeah. Happy birthday to those celebrating during the month of November. November 5th, Brother Gary Crosby. November 6th, Sister Deborah Flowers. November 7th, Sister V. Candace Hawthorne. November 10th, Brother Philip Henry and Sister Gabrielle Henry. November 11th, Brother James McNair. November 14th, Sister Margaret Baker. November 22nd, Sister Mildred Wilkins, November 25th, Brother Willard Haynes, and November 29th, Brother Cleveland Roberts. If we have omitted your birthday, please see Sister Vivian Browning. Tithes and offering can be mailed to Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 233, Bartow, Florida, 33831, or placed in the collection boxes in the rear of the church. Please be mindful of our weekly activities. Find us on Facebook at My Good Hope MBC or YouTube at Good Hope Livestream. A schedule of our weekly activities can be picked up in the front of the church. Welcome to Good Hope. If you are visiting Good Hope, we would like to take this opportunity to welcome you to our service. We are so happy you are here. Let us give God glory and honor for the opportunity that he has given us to be here today to share his word and Christian love. Again, you are welcome. Amen. Please continue to pray for our sick and shut-in and any bereaved families we may have. This concludes the announcements. Amen. Amen.
morning, Good Hope. It is good to see you here today. Amen. Amen. And and I, I have to take just a moment. I I have a special guest. It's not often that I have guests. Our granddaughter, Kate, is here. Visiting us from uh, Sarasota, Church of the Redeemer, Episcopal Church. And uh, Dr. Stevens and I have uh, both had the pleasure and honor of speaking in her church. And uh, I told her that this service will not be like she is used to. (laughs) The psalmist said, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among the peoples. Oh God, our Heavenly Father, we come today to do just that. We come to sing your praises. Lord, we come to honor and lift you up. We come to worship you today. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be your people and for you to be our God, our Lord and our Savior. Lord, receive our worship today. May your Holy Spirit feel comfortable and welcome in this place. And not only in this place of worship, but Lord, may your Holy Spirit feel at home in each of our hearts. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us first. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Receive our worship, O God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen Amen. and amen.
about joy. After all, after all, after all, I know all of us have gone through something. There's going to be some crying, heartaches, stress, and pain. But through it all, I'm talking about through it all. My joy. The devil can't take my joy. He didn't give it to me, and he sure can't take it away. I don't know about you, but after all I've been through, I still got my joy. Oh, he can't take my joy. I refuse to give him my joy. He didn't give it, and he can't take it away. Mama Granger said, through all heartache and stress and pain, I'm still up here praising him. I don't know about you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Thank you. May God add, add a blessing to our readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. Amen. Amen.
nothing else. I don't know if y'all heard Sister Stephen say, I know my Redeemer lives. She said, I spoke with him this morning. I don't know about you, but I know my Redeemer. My Redeemer lives. And because he lives, Mama Granger, I still, I still have my joy. I still have my joy. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we just, oh, Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Father, that we know that our Redeemer, that he lives. And because he lives, Father, we can face tomorrow. So we come before your throne of grace this morning, Father. Just want to just say simply thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for waking us up this morning, Father, just starting us on a brand new day. Father, it was nothing that we did so special. It was not that we were so good yesterday or last night lying down. Simply your grace and your mercy continuously let us get up and be in your presence. So we praise you this morning. Father, we praise you on this first Sunday morning, Father. Father, that we are able to come before your throne of grace and commune with you, Father. For 2,000 years ago, your son Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice, Father, so that we may get up and be in your presence. So we praise you. We shout hallelujah to your name this morning, Father. Father, they are hurting those who are hurting among us, Father. There are those who are sitting in this congregation right now, Father, dealing with some deep-seated pain, Father. We ask, Father, that you would just touch them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, reminding them that you are God and God all by yourself, that you are that light in their darkness, Lord. Pray for them right now, Lord, praying that you would just take them out of their dark places and tight spaces, Father, reminding them that there's no sin too great that the blood of Jesus cannot wipe clean. Reminding them, as Sister Annette Granger says, what is forgiven, it is forgotten. Bloodstained pages, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we have those among us who are sick, those among us who are in the hospital. We pray for those, Father, right now. Pray, Father, that you will just heal, Lord, heal. We're reminded in your word where two or three are gathered. Father, this is a whole congregation of believers. Trust and believing in your healing power, Father. When the devil says no, Father, you say go. And we stand on your promise that you would never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. Father, we see the miracles. They are present right here, right now, Father. And we thank you. 
Father, we pray now, Father, for the man of God who's going to bring the word of God to the people of God. He's already anointed, Father, but keep your anointing hand upon him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. Let him preach, teach, and speak the true gospel of your son, Lord. Let him just give it to us as you have given it to him. We thank you. We thank you, Father. Father, we pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl that is in the sound of my voice, Father, that whatever they are going through, Father, that you would just touch them, Father. Just remind them that you're God. That you are God. You are truly, Father God, everything, nothing starts and nothing ends, Father, unless you say it, speak it, or think it. So we trust you. We trust you. Thank you for this service, Father. Sister Stephen's song earlier, Lord, let your glory fill this place. Let your art-consuming fire fill this tabernacle. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's give it up for God. Can we give it up for Let the church say amen. 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 Again, I want to just remind you that God has been good to us. Amen. And this is a house of praise and worship. I don't want you ever to feel you need to hold back. Uh, quench the spirit. I have come to realize that you don't know what a person has been through. Look out, I see Sister Mary J. underwent cancer surgery we've been praying for her every weekday morning now for months sister Jay said to us that I'm going to the doctor and if the doctor lifts my restrictions I'll be back in church and what a way Sister Jay is back, and I assure you, she will never be the same. She will never sit down on her praise, and she will never fail to tell people what the Lord has done for her. See, because you don't know what God told people when they were on their sick bed. And you don't know everything that people said to God. So I want you to just feel free in this place to praise God as the Spirit of God leads you. Sister Bessie, it's good to see you ushering. Amen. She's one of our newest members and she's already as Grandma Pickett would say in her noonie phone. 
Ebonics for uniform. I teased Sister Pickett when I was in high school. I spoke at least three languages fluently. I spoke English, Ebonic, Pig Latin, and Fly. Four languages. <laughs> Sister Nate drink Campbell. Amen. Amen. It's in the choir this morning. And before I leave the ushers, Deacon Warren Cunningham, where are you? Is he in here? Thank you so much. You have done a remarkable job with the ushers' ministry. We appreciate you so, so very much. You look around, we're never without a staff of highly skilled, highly trained ushers. Thank you so much. Deacon J. Greeter. Amen. Amen. To our choir this morning, you did a remarkable job. I mean, amen. Songs, I know my Redeemer live and I still have my joy. That's what we come to church for, y'all. We come to be uplifted and to praise His holy name. Kobel Wusu and Jalen Rose, thank you so much for promoting the gospel all around the world. Y'all stand up back there. Let's take a look at Stand up, Jay. I know Jalen. Amen. Amen. These are young men. They running it, y'all. I'm telling you. They are running it. I want to say one other thing. You look around this morning and look at the young people in this place. They are already being trained and groomed to take leadership in this church. They're reading scriptures. They're going to be ushering. They're going to be doing the announcements. They're going to be helping uh, Kobe and Jalen with technology. Kobe will be gone this summer. He's heading off to college this fall. So we already train in replacement. I know y'all say, oh, you know. <laughs> and Sister Jennifer said, and, and uh, Brother John and Daniel, Kobe is a good hope baby. He's a good hope. He grew up here. He and Danielle. Kobe was born here. And we are so very, very grateful. Kate, is that your granddaughter's name? Kate. Kate, we're so happy to have you. We love your granddaddy and your grandmama. Let's give it up for Kate. Now your granddaddy told you it's a little different. <laughs> And she said, yeah, it is. You know, she got a lot to talk about in school. Bob. Mommy, said, guess what? I went, oh, you know, and this is how they, this is how we do it. But it's a little bit different. We love you. Same Jesus. All right, y'all. Thank you to our pastoral staff. Thank you so much. Uh, Drummer Rene, thank you. Pastoral staff, y'all have just been so wonderful, so supportive. Father, we want to thank you now because it's just wonderful to be in your house again, to be in your presence. We pray now, God, that you will bring forth your word, that you will be glorified, your people will be blessed. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. 
Against such there is no law. For the past nine sermon times we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We have shared with you that as a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And as a result of the Holy Spirit living in you, he manifests fruit in your life. That is, he manifests the very character of Jesus Christ in your life. Therefore, as a Christian, when people see you, they ought to be looking at Jesus Christ. When they hear us, they ought to be hearing what Christ is like, what Jesus is like. We've been talking about one fruit, but there are, there are nine manifestations. One fruit of the spirit John um, uh, John MacArthur says it's like a bouquet bouquet of flowers you got one bouquet of flowers but you got a, a panorama of beautiful flowers in that one bouquet so there are nine manifestations so today uh, this is going to be the last sermon in this series so I want to do a quick review then I want to look at that last manifestation of the fruit of the spirit which is self control okay so we remember the first manifestation of the fruit of the spirit is love agape agape a love is self-sacrificing love. It's the kind of love that Jesus showed towards us as sinners when he suffered and bled and died on the cross. Agape love is unearned love. It's undeserved love. We don't, we couldn't earn it. We can't be good enough to earn his love. We can't work hard enough to, to earn his love. Agape love is just given by God to us, undeserved and Un, unearned. Uh, the lives of true believers in Jesus Christ have that innate ability by the sp Spirit's movement to love even the unlovable. Yeah. Yes. All right. When you, when the Holy Spirit lives within you, you can love even the unlovable. Now, this is not a natural phenomenon. This is a supernatural phenomenon because the natural, the natural act says, if you love me, I love you back. But if you hate me, I will hate you back and I will hurt you back. But that's not Christian love. That's not the way Christians operate. The Spirit-filled life loves in spite of, we love the unlovable. Loving the unlovable is a supernatural act. It does not come naturally by human will or by determination. It comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the ways you will know if you are living a spirit-filled life is whether or not you love people. You love all people. Right. You, it doesn't matter to you whether they're rich, poor, black, white, Hispanic, whatever. You know, you, even their behavior. You might not like their behavior, but you love them and you will the best for them. And the best for them is to come into a saving relationship Amen. with Jesus Christ. Amen. The second magnification of the fruit of the Spirit is... It's joy. And again, the word for joy in the Greek is chara. And chara is this deep-seated gladness. It's this happiness. It's this excitement, enthusiasm that is untainished, untarnished, and untouched by the world. And I love it. Such a grain inquiry saying, after all that I have been through, 
I still have joy. So, so the joy of the Lord is supernatural. It's not controlled by what goes on around us. We know that Israel and Hamas are in war. We know that Gaza has been invaded. Uh, we know that Russia invented, uh, invaded Afghanistan. We know of the political disruptions in Washington, D.C. We know of the fighting. We know of the tension. We know of the social pressures and social injustices. But through it all, in the sunshine and in the rain, those things do not take away our joy because the reality is uh, the light of charo joy not this superficial stuff not the joy uh, 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 that comes from the world but this 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 charo joy is burning deep that light is burning deep within a spirit filled life and charo joy by the way will never be blown out no matter what comes your way that charo joy light will continue uh, to shine it will never be blown out it will never be blown down it will never be blown away when and I look around at this church and I look around the people who have been through so much, people who have grieved the loss of their loved ones, and yet they can still sing, they can still worship, they can still testify that after all that I have been through, I still have my joy. Well, the reality is, the reality is the wind, the rain, and the storms of life will not put out the joy light. The joy light produced by the Holy Spirit will always flame, will always flare, and will always flash because the joy of the Lord is a, get this, a supernatural production, not a human presentation. The joy of the Lord is a supernatural production, not a human presentation. Human presentations, you can fake it till you make it. Human presentations, you can put on a front. Human presentations, you can act the part, but real joy Deep-seated joy is in you no matter what goes on with you or around you. The third manifestation of peace is the Greek word irene. Uh, irene peace provides a tranquility of the soul. When peace like a river, the hymn writer wrote, attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, I read a peace. Whatever my lot, whatever is going on within me, whatever is going on all around me, whatever my lot. That has caused me to say, that's just, I'm in a peace. It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. My soul is satisfied and right with God. Irregardless of what goes on in me, around me, my soul is at peace. I'm right with God. That's that, that's that, that's that. Peace is 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 a really peace is when your soul is, is is at rest, your mind is at rest. You go to bed at night surrounded by a really peace, your mind is at rest, your heart is calm. A really peace provides comfort, y'all, in your deepest hour of distress. Anybody ever been there? You've been going through it. A really peace is there to wrap you in the love of God, to wrap you in the arms of God, to wrap you in the
the care of God and minister to you like nobody else can, that's a Rene right, peace. Right, yeah. Rene peace is, is comforts you in your deepest hour of distress when your heart caves in. When, when your heart caves in. Uh, when, when your dreams collapse. When, when your dreams collapse, when the thing didn't work out the way you want it to work out, when you tried and your best efforts were not good enough, when you gave all that you had to give and you had nothing else to give, when you did the very best that you can do and the thing still blew up, still didn't go right, all right, you still didn't get to promotion, all right, you still didn't get the man of your dream, all right, you still didn't get the girl of your dream, listen to me, you still didn't get the joy but yet a rename peace is deep down inside. Yeah. And something else a rename peace does, y'all, it, 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 it walks you through pain. Yeah. All right, Pastor. All right. This is not easy believism. This is not send me a $25 uh, a donation, uh, uh, sow a $25 seed, and I'm going to make everything all right uh, for you. That's not what a Rene piece is. A Rene piece holds your hand, uh, guides your feet, and, and walks with you through the troubling time. It's a process, y'all, but a Rene piece is right there. All right, you get the diagnosis. All right, then you got to get the surgery. All right, then you got to go through the healing process. All right, then you got to get clarity to come back. But all along, a reading piece is right there, rocking you in the cradle of God's arm. That's God's peace. Paul says it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. I can't understand why it is I have not lost my mind. I can't understand why I still call on the name of Jesus. I can't understand why I still praise him after all that I've been. That's a reading pace. Friends gave up. Foes gave up. Family gave up. But I still got peace. Holler at me today. Say yeah. Rene. Arena peace. I like what David said. He said, David said, Yea, though I walk. Now, David didn't say, Yea, though I dodge the valley. Yea, though I go around the valley. Yea, though nothing ever bad ever happens to me. He said, Yea, though I walk uh, through the valley. I will have no fear because thou art with me. Peace comes because you know that God, the great I am. God, the thou art. God, the Alpha and Omega. God, the beginning and the end. God is with you that provides peace. Walking with you through pain. Watch this. Peace, peace counsels you through your grief. Peace coaches you through uncertain times. Don't you hear peace saying that you go on, it's going to be all right. You move on. You don't know how this thing is going to work out. You keep walking, but I'm going to fix it. You stay with it. That's peace. Peace, arena peace builds you up to the place where you can live again. To the place where you can love again. 
to the place where you can laugh again. Peace builds you up. The fourth manifestation of the fruit of the spirit is patience. The Greek word for patience is makroth umia. Makroth umia means long suffering. Long suffering is the Holy Spirit given ability to persevere, to stay with the task. To complete your God-given assignment. It means, it means to wait on God. It means to stay in the game. It means to stay in the seat. It means to stay in the pocket. It means to stay at the task regardless of the difficulty. All right, let me put it this way. Let me show how this thing works. Brain doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. But he ain't beating up on you. He ain't running around on you. He just ain't doing it like you want it to be done. He just ain't. All right. She ain't doing all she's supposed to do. She ain't respecting you. Can I tell you something, ladies? Our young ladies here. This is a key thing. I want you to remember this. If you respect the man who knows God, he will do everything in his power to be the kind of man you want him to be. Respect. Right? So suppose she's not respecting you the way you want her to respect you. Macro Stumio says, just stay with it. Suffer through it. There's a bright side somewhere. Don't you stop before you find it. Makroth Thumia. The job ain't exactly what you want. You got to deal with stuff. You got to deal with wickedness behaviors. But long suffering Makro Thumia says stay with it. Because God is going to bless you and eventually you will finish, cross the finish line and you will be glad that you did on the first of the month and on the 15th of the month. There is a bright side. Yeah. Let me just tell you, this word, macrothumio patience, is having, this is a pickinism. Relentless stickability. That's what it is. It's relentless stickability. You are staying with it because, because, first of all, you made a covenant with God. You made a covenant with each other. You made an agreement. And you standing by it. The fifth manifestation is kindness. The Greek word for kindness is kairos thois. It means to be gentle, gracious, and compassionate. Listen, those who are filled with the Holy Spirit, they are going to be kind people. Not hard, not abrasive people. 
Not buying into the philosophy that you got to be hard, you got to be cold in order to make. No. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness, gentleness. The sixth manifestation is goodness. The Greek word for goodness is agasune, which means being full of virtue, excellence, peace, and consideration. Goodness is being upright in heart and operating from pure motives. Don't you love to be around people who are good, upright and operate from pure motives? People you don't have to second guess when they come to you. People that you trust to be who they are. People who are not wearing masks and playing games. They are straight up telling you just like it is. Well, goodness, the goodness is an operation when people treat others like they want to be treated. Goodness is, op- when goodness is operation, the value of human life and the dignity for, for every human being is protected. That's goodness. The seventh manifestation, manifestation of the spirit is faithfulness. The Greek word for faithfulness is pistis, which means to believe and have your confidence in God. Pistis faith is the spirit-given ability to trust God's word, to trust God's will, to trust God's way. Uh, Sister Washington used to like to say, you know what, God said it and that settles it. It's not about second-guessing God. It's not about putting God on trial. It's not about debating with anybody. Listen, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. That is the manifestation of faithfulness. You see... It's that ability to trust the word of God, the will of God, the ways of God. Although your hopes and dreams or aspirations have not yet been materialized. I love that scene. I told y'all about it about a week or so ago when, it, when, it, when the chief of NASA operations asked Catherine, said, Catherine, do you think we'll ever get to the moon? She says, sir, we are already there. Hebrews 11 and 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the things not yet seen. By faith, I see myself. <laughs> By faith, I went by, when I was in South Carolina last week, I went by Bonneville Road. And I took a picture of my house. The house I grew up, 2161 Barhamville Road, Columbia, South Carolina. I don't know why the house, when I grew up in it, seemed like a mansion. <laughs> but it's a 200 uh, it, but it was a two-bedroom, one-bathroom house, and it might have been seven or 900 square feet. But compared to my friend living in Saxon Home and Jagger's Terrace, Allen Benedict Court, the projects, it seemed like a pretty big mansion. But I looked at it, and I stopped the car, and I rolled the window down, and I snapped the picture. Because that picture reminds me of faith. It reminds me of where I came from and where God has taken me. Because now I live in a different way. But it's always good to remember by faith where God brought you from. Don't you ever forget where God brought you from. Don't you ever forget the people who bless your life, who help you life. Don't you ever forget grandma, granddaddy, Aunt May, Aunt Jane, brother Sam. Don't you ever get the TJs in your life. That prison inmate I told you about some weeks ago. You always remember that by faith. God has brought you a mighty long way. You didn't get here on your own. It's by faith you have what you have. I remember the days growing up, y'all, young people, y'all get this. 
I had I had three pairs of shoes. I had a pair of Sunday shoes. I wore them to church every Sunday. You bet not let your people catch you with your wearing your Sunday shoes to school. So I had my Sunday shoes. And then I had my school shoes. In elementary school, they were no bro game boots that I didn't really care for. But granddaddy said, we're going to put the money in these bro game boots because they're going to last you. And they're and they not going to wear out like some of them other fashionable shoes. So I had that. And then, y'all, if I was really blessed, I had a pair of high top Converse, Chuck Taylor, Converse, All Star. They were $10 in that day. There were no Nikes. There were no Shaq. There were not all of these $10 for a pair of All Star. Three pair of shoes. You did everything in your All Stars. You did everything. You, you ran track. In your all-star, you played basketball on the asphalt basketball court in the schoolyard. In your all-star, you played football in your all-star. And then if you got a chance to go to the Friday night dance, ha, you wore your all-star. Look in my closet and I see all of those Stacey Adams shoes. I got colors for my suit. I thank God for how good he has been to me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. Now let me tell y'all one more. I'm going to throw this one in here for good measure. I didn't check with Sister Pinkett, but I'm going to tell you anyway. When I was in seminary, I started off at Morehouse School of Religion in Atlanta, Georgia. We were expecting our first son. I drove down to the seminary with some money my granddaddy gave me and my last paycheck. We went to the store one day, walking because we were trying to save gas. We came back home. The next day we went back to the store. And the guy at the store said, yeah, y'all were here yesterday. He said, I remember y'all because your wife had on that same dress. That's real, y'all. But by faith, the closets are packed full. She got more stuff in there than I got. Matter of fact, I asked her this morning, I said, Sister Piggy, is that dress new? Is that hat new? Is that sweater new? And she said, no, I'm thinking in my mind, I didn't say it, but dog, you got so many clothes that I don't even know you wanted before. Come on, <laughs> that truck is on a rotation period, y'all. It might be another seven months before I see that. <laughs> Come on, for grocery Hebrews 11 and 1 by, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen it wasn't there yet but we believed it was coming alright alright Abraham faith had faith he left Earl Chaldeans heading towards Canaan and God built a great nation through him Noah had faith you know he built that ark and, and God preserved the nation Joseph son of Jacob had faith and, 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 and God took him from the pit to the palace 
this. All right. Mary, the mother of Jesus, had faith. And you know what God did for her after all that she had been through? God placed a baby, put it in her arms, called his name Jesus, Savior of the world, Messiah, God's only son. It came by faith. And then the eighth manifestation of, gentle, of, of, of the fruit, spiritual fruit, is the gentleness. The Greek word for gentleness is prautes, which means meekness or humility. Gentleness is the opposite of arrogance and conceit and vanity and selfish pride. Meekness does not mean weakness. I told y'all this not long ago. Meekness does not mean weakness. Moses was the meekest man on the earth, and yet he led millions of people all around, all around. For 40 years, he endured onslaughts of criticism. He endured people wanting to stone him. He endured not even going into the promised land himself, but yet the Bible said he was the meekest man in the Lamb. Meekness does not mean meek weakness. In fact, Jesus says of himself in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Watch what Jesus says to describe himself. For I am what? Meek and, and lowly in heart and you shall find rest for your souls. All right. Today is the final manifestation of the fruit of the spirit. And it's vitally important. It is self-control. Self-control is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We don't do it on our own because self likes to act out. Can I get a witness? Self likes to act up. Self likes to get ugly if necessary. Self, self likes to get back. Self likes to get even. Self, self likes to even the score. But not the fruit of the manifestation of self-control. The Greek word for self-control is arathia. Arathia is the ability to control yourself. That's what it is. When you see people acting out of control, that's not, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's some kind of other spirit. <laughs> Might be the evil spirit. Might be Jim Bean spirit. <laughs> Back when I was growing up, it might be Mad Dog 2020 spirit. Peach or cherry spirit. But it wasn't the Holy Spirit. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is, is self-control. It is the ability that you have to control your body and your flesh and all the lusts that's going on therein. Now here we realize that this is impossible without the help of the Holy Spirit. You just can't, you can't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. The body, the flesh is full of desire. How many of y'all know that? It's full. 
Don't, don't fool yourself. Don't, don't fool yourself. It's full of desire. It's full of appetite for passion. Passion. Especially sensual urges and cravings. Now, if you got younger children, explain to them what sensual, sensual urge and cravings are all about. All right? But that's what it is. But yet, yielding to these urges and cravings leads to billions of dollars pouring into the pornographic industry. Yielding to these urges and cravings of the flesh destroys marriages. Yielding to the cravings of the flesh, the ungodly cravings of the flesh, demolishes families. It wrecks church fellowships. Causes people to become disillusioned and disgruntled. It shadows friendships when people fail to control their desires, their passions, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It shadows friendships. And in many ways, it ruins health. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life has been a stumbling block for humanity ever since the first sign of sin in the Garden of Eden. Every born-again believer in Jesus Christ can have victory. Here's the good news. Here's the shout. Every born-again believer in Jesus Christ can have victory through the power of self-control brought on by the Holy Spirit in your life. That's where the victory, that's where the victory comes. So how does it work? How do, we, how do we get that victory? How does it work? Three quick things and I'm done. First, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you and I need to be aware, aware of God's power within us. And that's why it's so important for churches and preachers and teachers to preach and teach people about the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when I was growing up in my Baptist church, Baptist church in Columbia, South Carolina, it was like the Holy Spirit, for the most part, was something for the Pentecostal folks upon the church. It was this kind of mysterious stuff that went on over there. It, it, it was about their shouting and their screaming and, and you know and, and praising and speaking in tongue, all which has a viable place, but it's a lot more. He's a lot more than that. We need to be aware of God's power within us, the Holy Spirit within us. We need to be educated that the Holy Spirit is with us all the time, not just while we are in the worship setting. The Holy Spirit is with you young people in school he's with you on the basketball court he's with you on the football field he's with you in your classroom he's with you when you are studying he's with you all of the time remember that as a believer in Jesus Christ God's spirit is with you he's in you 1 John 4 4 states greatest is he greatest he that's within me than he that's in the world so as believe in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. Don't you ever forget this. You have the Holy Spirit, the greatest power in all creation, living within you. Now, I can't explain all about how it works, but I know it works. God says so. I believe it. I've experienced. If you are a Christian, you have Holy Spirit power. 
power living within you. And he's greater than any other power that you will be confronted by. But here's the reality. Here's the tragedy. Far too many Christians are living defeated lives because they are unaware of their spiritual power. It's like they just at church, that, that's all he does. You know, he show up at church and, you know, Miss Susie shouted today and, you know, and the pastor jumped up and hollered and that's it. They don't, they don't know that he's with them. You see, too many Christians are consumed by the perceived power of others and, and depending on others to help them. Too many people watching TV, they see this superstar Christian with a cross on, bishop, so-and-so, hoop to do, you know, uh, apostle, you know, jack leg, and, you know, all of those things. And, and, they, and they, they're cashing in their little monies and sending their little monies looking for other people's power to help them. But the reality is, you have power within you. You have the power within you to help yourself. Y'all remember those circus performances? I always got a big you know, kick out of this. With this little man, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this little woman. With a three-legged stool. Y'all know where I'm going? And a whip. And they are controlling this one-ton, 10,000-pound elephant. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, this elephant has got a a brace around his leg, a, a, a chain, and a stake in the ground. And, you know, he just, it just walks around, you know, just can't go no further than this. You, you know, the only way this nonsense happens is because the elephant doesn't know its own power. The reason why some folk live the way they live, let folk mess over them the way they do, Treat them the way they get treated. It's because they don't know the power that's within them. And when people find out the power that's in them, you got to watch out. All right, let me go a little bit further with this elephant story. If the elephant knew his powers, he or she would understand that it ain't no way a 185-pound man and a 150-pound woman ought to be controlling no 10,000-pound mammal. If the elephant knew that, if the elephant knew that just by sheer force, he or she could break every chain, are y'all listening to me? All right, y'all going to make the connection. here. You making it. I see it. He could break every chain. 
if he knew the power that was within him or her, he could pull up every tent peg. In fact, in, in fact, in fact, if that elephant knew the power, he could send every spectator running for their lives with the tent coming down on their heads. But because the elephant doesn't know his or her power, he remains a slave. He remains a slave. Because people don't understand the spiritual power within them. They remain slaves to their sinful, their lustful, their unholy, passionate desires. Because the elephant doesn't know his power. He, he, he remains a slave. He remains a spectacle of entertainment. For people, y'all check this. I want y'all to y'all get this. He remains a spectacle, or she remains a spectacle for people to use them for their own pleasure. Can y'all see the picture? Yeah, yeah, you can see it. When people don't, when people don't know their spiritual power. They go for just about anything and anybody. But here's the reality. God does not want us to be weak-willed people. God does not want us to be weak-willed men, weak-willed women, weak-willed teenagers, weak-willed children. That's not what God wills for us. He don't want us to be weak-willed people that the devil uses for his pleasure and his entertainment. Thus God has given us Holy Spirit power to resist the devil. You got the power to resist the devil, to say no to his wicked schemes and evil exploits. You have the power to say no. You have the power to say that's it, that's enough. It's over. You have the power by the Holy Spirit to break every chain. It's more than a song, y'all. All right. Like Jesus said no to abusing his power by the temptation of the devil in the wilderness. Read Matthew chapter 4. Wonderful story. Jesus said no. Spiritual power, like Joseph said, no to Potiphar's wife. And let me tell you something about this situation, you know, because some people try to put something else in that thing. But I'm telling you, Joe boy was real man. Potiphar's wife was a real woman. I'm telling you by historical records, she was fine. All right. Sister had it. She had it going on. But she had a desire for, for Joseph. But Joe said no. Self-control. Now Joseph by most calculations at this point was a teenager. His emotions, all of that stuff was intact and in tune. And Joe wasn't one of these guys that wasn't interested he, it just had to be the right situation. And the reason I know Joe wasn't one of the guys that was not, wouldn't have been interested in a woman, because later on, Joe had, uh, got married and had two children of his own. But the, he said no to Potiphar's wife. Like Peter and John said no to taking God's glory 
people began to worship them because of the good work they were doing. But Peter and John said, don't worship us. We are just men. And that's something else we got to get out of the habit of doing too, is worshiping people. Respect people, but worship no man, no woman. You don't worship your pastor. You don't worship some bishop. You don't worship some apostle. You don't worship anybody but God because Jesus Christ alone is worthy for all of our, for all of our praise and all of our honor. Yeah. And so, and so we got the power, y'all. I'm just going to tell you, you got the power to say no. Some of us going to be in situations this week. Some of y'all will get phone calls today. Because some folk got skeletons in the closet. And that's one preacher I heard saying, some folk got live bodies in the closet. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you got the power to say no. You know, Joe said, Joe said no. Why? Because this will dishonor God. That's self-control. Here's another one too. This one got me just last week and I'm almost done, y'all. I know we got to do communion. He say like, the scripture says that Joseph took Mary home to be his wife and he had no union. Boy, I love how the Bible fixed that thing up. He had no union with her until what? Until she gave birth to her firstborn son. I'm telling you, the power of restraint is needed. As believers in Jesus Christ, here's the second thing. You and I are to use the power of God within us. God has given us the power of self-control. It's up to us to use it. Most of us have light switches in our home, but if we want the light to come on, we must become actively involved in the process. Take control of the situation and flip the switch. You got the electricity. You got the power. All you got to do is turn it on. You don't have to just sit there. You can turn on the light. Mm-hmm. When it comes to controlling the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, laziness and passivity are two of our worst enemies. Why? Because self-control demands our involvement in the process. You got to do something about it. I read a story about a young college freshman who arrived on campus and discovered that college life was much different than his home life. I know some of y'all been in college, most, a lot of y'all, some of y'all getting ready to go. But I'm telling you, that junk can be a culture shock. Because you get up on there, and it ain't like back home. And back home, past your mom and dad, back talking about Jesus. And then you get to college, and then get in some of the classrooms, they start talking about philosophy, and all these different religions, and you know, Jesus just a figment of your imagination, you know. I mean, and then the other thing is you get on that college campus and folk are bawling and shot calling. I mean, folk hanging out all night. You get up in the dormitory and on the campus, there's drugs, there's alcohol. I mean, there's just everything going on. 
And so this young man got there, and it was a culture shock. He, he wasn't used to that. There were drugs, there were alcohol, sexual immorality of every kind on campus. So this student became proactive and organized a Christian fellowship group. That's the first thing he did. And then he started a Bible study. He just got some folk that wanted to study the Bible with him. He began writing faith-based articles for the campus newspaper. And pursuing his efforts gained the attention of the local news station. And so they sent a reporter out to talk to this, to talk to this young freshman, you know, uh, about his life and all of the good things he was doing and, and how he was going about changing the atmosphere on the campus. I'm telling you, one born-again basketball player, football player, track runner can change the culture of the team with the power of God. And so they interviewed, the reporter interviewed and said, you have done so many wonderful things to promote Jesus Christ on this campus. Tell me, how did you do it? How did you do it in the face of all this peer pressure, our young people have peer pressure now in school, peer pressure, everywhere they go. But they asked this young man, how did you do it? How did you live for Jesus? How did you promote Christ the way you've done, made an impact on this campus with all of the peer pressure? This young man who had a good church background looked straight into the camera and he said, sir, on my, on my campus, I am the peer pressure. Kobe, JP, some others of y'all, you going to college real soon. It's going to be hot and heavy. Mom and daddy ain't going to be there. Pastor ain't going to be there. Deacons ain't going to be there. We're going to be praying for you, but we ain't going to be there. But this is what I want you to say by the power of the Holy Spirit on my campus. I am the peer pressure. On my team. I am the peer pressure. In my classroom, I am the peer pressure. You want to know why? Because great is he that's within me than he that's in the world. And the last one, I'm going to drop it. I ain't going to push it. Third, as believers in Jesus Christ, practicing self-control is not an option, but an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to share through your character, your conviction. That Jesus Christ is King of Kings, Lord of Lords. If there's someone here today as we stand and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to come just as you are. Maybe you listen to us by way of Facebook on the phone. You never received Jesus Christ. Today you can do that just by confessing your sins and inviting him to come into your life and be your Savior and Lord. I'm excited about the children, the young people that we have today. God is stirring in their hearts. They can, you know, you can become a Christian just like you are, just where you are. Samuel was called into the prophetic ministry as a little boy right there with Eli. His mama took him to the temple. God called him and used him in a great way that's you today we invite you to come forward if you want to publicly receive Christ as your Lord and Savior you come forward Father we 
thank you much, so much for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. This series that has shared with us that you are active, you're involved with our lives every day. As we sit in the classroom, as we sit at our computers at work, as we're driving on the street, everywhere, every day, you're speaking to us, you're talking to us, you're influencing us. Oh God, help us to be attentive to your word and obedient to your ways. In Jesus' precious name, amen. As we prepare for the Lord's Supper, you may be seated. 1 Corinthians 11. 23 and 24 5 Jesus said if I receive from Paul said if I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you that the Lord Jesus Christ on the same night in which he's betrayed took bread he broke it he gave it to his disciples he said take eat this is my body which is given for you likewise he took the cup said this is a new covenant in my blood drink it all of you in remembrance of me Shall we stand? Father, we thank you for the blessed privilege of being in your presence. We thank you for Kate who's with us today as well as all of our young people. May they go back to school tomorrow talk with their friends even today about the love of Jesus and about the Holy Spirit who guides even young people and uses them miraculous ways. Father, we thank you for this church, this Good Hope Church and all the church listening to us today. We thank you for this worship experience. May all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise go to you. And as we leave this place, may your people be encouraged. Now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord Jesus Christ make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord always be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance towards you and give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen.